running up the points. I know that it's been a little bit of time now. It's been, it's coming up on a week since the Super Bowl, but I'm assured by my affiliates that we will soon have declared a winner to this past Super Bowl, the Chiefs playing against the Eagles. And yes, actually, the, the Kansas City Chiefs indeed have won the Super Bowl. They have secured the appropriate number of points to be able to defeat the Philadelphia Eagles, avoiding a near-overtime situation, winning the game by a field goal. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I thought it was a great game, honestly. All kidding aside, I thought that it was a fun game to watch. I thought it was a great game. Yeah, it wasn't perfect. There were things that I didn't like about it. For instance, the... The Black National Anthem beforehand, can we be any more divisive? I, I think that that was something that was a big mistake that they should not have done. They should not do. We have a National national Anthem here in America that we can all sing together. And believe it or not, from the comfort of my home, I actually did sing the National Anthem when they were singing it. And, uh, and God Bless America as well. I think those are wonderful songs. I think they are unifying songs. And why is it that we have to divide up all the people? Anyway. Patrick Mahomes, congratulations, MVP of the game, well-deserved. I think the Chiefs really pulled it together in the second half in just a remarkable way. But on on talking about the NFL and all of that, um, my son Jaden was giving me a hard time earlier about my favorite team, the Green Bay Packers, and how they didn't make it. And I brought up about how the Packers back in the 90s would have whooped the Chiefs today. Now, do I truly believe that? Honestly, I don't know if I truly believe that or not. But what I can tell you and what I did tell him was that back then, football was a different game. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that it was a better game back then. But there's lots of rules that have come about since uh, since then to protect protect the quarterback, protect the receivers, protect um, the players receiving the kickoff, that it has made it a totally different game than what it was back then. I, and I shared with them about uh, the Green Bay Packers back in the 90s and the year they won the Super Bowl. They beat up Steve Young from the San Francisco 49ers, the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, so bad that Packers defense did that Steve Young literally had to crawl off of the playing field. It was a remarkable thing. Totally different game back then. But I also pointed out to him about Brett Favre, the legendary Brett Favre of the Green Bay Packers. I believe he's like a four-time MVP. Uh, Great player, legendary quarterback, won a Super Bowl, went to two Super Bowls, lost his second one against the Broncos, led by John Elway. And by the way, isn't that funny how we say Brett Favre versus John Elway? Well, it was really two teams against each other at the end of the day. And I remember the the 90s Packers, they they were rock solid. I mean, uh, they had Brett Favre for a while. They had Sterling Sharp, by the way. Sterling Sharp, way underrated player when it comes to uh, how good he truly was, if you look at his statistics. Uh, Robert Brooks, again, I don't think that he actually played in the Super Bowl. He got injured prior to it. Antonio Freeman. They had Andre Rising that se- season. They had Mark Ingram. Uh, they had, uh, uh, oh, oh, I'm trying to remember the names. John Jerkovich. I think that he was there with, with them on the Super Bowl. Um they had a, oh my goodness, they had all sorts of players. Reggie White, Sean Jones, Leroy Butler, um, Buckley. Charles Buckley, I think his name was, on the, maybe not Charles Buckley. I remember they had a Buckley who played on their defense as well. Uh, Desmond Howard was their MVP back when they won the Super Bowl back in the 90s. He had returned, I believe, uh, one or two um, 
kicks or punts for touchdowns against the New England Patriots. Just remarkable how good that team was back then and a lot of fun to watch. Always playing uh, that song. I think it's called I, I Don't Want to Work. I want to bang on the drum all day after every touchdown when they're at home. So uh, football has just changed drastically since then. But it was still, it was a really fun Super Bowl to watch. The commercials, I know that people have given the commercials negative review, but I don't watch TV, and this is the first time I got to see a lot of the commercials. There's a lot of commercials I did not see because I didn't pay attention the whole time. And we had some favorites amongst our family. My wife's was the T-Mobile one with John Travolta, and they are singing the song from Greece, and that was a wonderful one. I, I enjoyed that one quite a bit. It was refreshing to see John Travolta back singing and dancing and enjoying himself. It was, it was pretty cool. I liked that. Perhaps the agreed-upon um, commercial of the night may have been the Tubi one where everybody thought that the channel was being changed. I remember we looked over at our remote like, what's going on here? I seriously thought we were being hacked. And, uh, and then at the end of the commercial, it said Tubi. And it was like, oh, okay, this is an advertisement. Also, my personal favorite was the one where they had to go back, the, ta- the, the, the Kia commercial, where they had to go back and get the baby's pacifier. The father gets in his car and he drives across wherever. They're playing the Rocky theme music and it is just an awesome commercial all the way to the end. All the drama that builds up all the way to the end when he gets the pacifier to his baby. His wife is holding the baby in her arms. He puts the pacifier in the baby's mouth and the baby spits it out. And the wife, the baby's mother says, it was the wrong one. <laughs> I thought that that was just a very relatable commercial, and it was just wholesome and good. But I'd like to welcome you to the Bill Sang Podcast. My name is Bill Sang, and this is my end of the world extravaganza. And there's a reason why I'm calling it that. When you look at the events happening in our country, in the United States of America today, you would almost think that it is the end of the world. To kick things off today, we're going to talk about the East Palestine in, in Ohio train wreck. Uh, also going to talk about the, a little bit about the spy balloon, the helicopter crash. We are going to be talking uh, about uh, children's books uh, in school libraries and about the corruption going on there and how they're just making them perverse. But I'm going to wrap it up on a good note. We're going to talk about Lint, going to mention some books to you, and then about Asbury University's revival that's been going on for quite some time now. So, starting off this end-of-the-world extravaganza, East Palestine train wreck. And this was uh, involving trains, a train from the Norfolk, Norfolk Southern Railroad. And interesting thing about this is that there is another Norfolk Southern Railroad derailment in Van Buren Township in Michigan, both train wrecks happen to involve hazardous materials inside of the cargo, inside of the what the trains were carrying inside of their cars. Now, the crazy thing about this, this is a true environmental hazard. The, I, I think that it was the EPA, I don't know exactly who, but the cleanup crews, if I'm not mistaken, they tried to set these chemicals ablaze to get rid of them, and released everything into the environment. This is a true environmental hazard that even involves 
a chemical that was used as a weapon in World War I, known as phosgene. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Phosgene, which was used as a, as a chemical weapon in World War I, as well as other toxins. My question, EPA, what are you doing? I believe you were involved with the cleanup of this, but when it comes to endangered species, you will go over land and sea to make sure that this endangered species is not harmed. But when it comes to real human life, you couldn't care less, particularly because, if I'm not mistaken, the Biden administration has made it clear that, well, after all, most of the people in this area voted for Trump anyway. That's pretty heartless. That's pretty dark. And it makes you very suspicious of your government. Why wouldn't you be suspicious of your government? Especially two Norfolk derailments in such a short period of time, both of which carrying harmful chemicals. Now, I will say that odds are lots of trains probably carry harmful chemicals. But how are we supposed to trust you guys? And on top of that, Pete Buttigieg. I already, Pete Buttigieg, by the way, for those of you who are unaware, he ran in the Democrat primary. <clears throat> he is um, currently the Biden administration's uh, secretary of uh, transportation. And when he was asked about this, he gave some details and stuff, but he ultimately said, this is all Trump's fault. Now, listen, Biden administration, you're three years in now. When are you going to take ownership of this? Because this isn't Trump's fault. This is your catastrophe. If I'm not mistaken, Hurricane Katrina, that was George W. Bush's catastrophe, right? COVID was Trump's catastrophe, right? This is your catastrophe. It's a true environment. This is not a hypothetical, theoretical environmental hazard that could affect us in 100 or 1,000 years or whatever you say. It's not one of those things where you pretend that it's going to be the end of the world in 12 years uh, because of climate change or anything like that. This is a true environmental hazard where people are being harmed. Animals are dying and becoming ill from what's been released into the environment. Fish are dying, just floating up to the top of... The Ohio River, which, by the way, the Ohio River is the main affected body of water. And the water supply has been contaminated, if I'm not mistaken, all the way from Pennsylvania to Illinois. A lot of space being covered that's, that's contaminated from these chemicals. It's a very dangerous time here in Ohio, particularly, as the, almost, almost the entire state is affected by this. So kind of irritates me that the Democrat Party is the party of, hey, we need to recycle. We need to get rid of fossil fuels. We need to regulate carbon emissions. We need to put solar panels on your house and tear down forests to put up windmills. All of these things. And then a hazard where people are actually being harmed. By the way, I'm not an environmentalist by the definition of what we call an environmentalist. I believe in being an environmentalist for the sake of preserving human life, number one. Animal life, number two. That we preserve human life, first of all, because we were created in God's image. Thus, we should have clean drinking water. And uh, right here, what's happening? They don't have clean drinking water. We should have clean air. What's happening here? 
They don't have clean air. I thought that the Republican Party was the party that hated clean air and clean drinking water. And here we go. The Biden administration doesn't care. In fact, I would say that it's worse than they don't care. I think they actually have harmful intentions. And uh, I know that sounds pretty dark. I know that might sound extreme. But what are they doing to fix the problem? And uh, it's, it's very little. You could argue nothing. You can argue that they made the problem even worse. And I think that that is horrifying. So this is the end of the world extravaganza. So what would an end of the world extravaganza be if we weren't talking about more than one catastrophe in one place? For instance, the Chinese spy balloon. Oh, my goodness. Talk about. Wow. <laughs> um, even though I will say that I saw an absolutely wonderful meme about this, this guy, this full body cast who said, there I was. 40,000 feet above sea level inside of my hot air balloon, just minding my own business. And then (laughs) dot, dot, dot. And then he got shot down. And it's funny, this first spy balloon went all the way across um, to the Atlantic, from from California all the way over to to the Atlantic Ocean before it was shot down. So they got everything they needed there, even though the Biden administration is trying to assure us that no, 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 um, uh, no spy information was obtained. We don't buy it. We're not going to buy it. <laughs> we, we don't trust dishonest governments and dishonest government leaders. The next thing, the Black Hawk, uh, the Black Hawk helicopter crash in Alabama. Have you seen the video of this? It's horrifying. It's so sad to see this. And yet, you know, it's one of my things. I am not a huge fan of helicopters um, prior to the Kobe Bryant incident where his helicopter went down. And he and his daughter went down inside the helicopter again. Wow, tragic situation. And then to see this helicopter falling out of the sky. And that's why, um, I mean, helicopters are necessary. I'm more a fan of planes myself, airplanes, as they're designed aerodynamically to stay up in the air. Helicopters, something goes wrong and and there's a malfunction, that thing's going down. And uh, that's exactly what happened. And I believe everybody in the crash died, so... uh, Prayers out to the families of the people who were involved with that crash. Very tragic thing that happened there. Continuing our end of the world extravaganza, I'd also like like to talk about uh, something that's been ongoing. And I'm going to say that I understand this more than what I would like to. I don't want to understand it. I understand it more than what I would like to that ultimately there are people out there that want to warp your children. And many of them have gotten onto school boards. Many of them become teachers, superintendents, and have, have procured all sorts of positions inside of the power structure of the education system that it's just absolutely disgusting. I came across a story on uh, Fox News, <coughs> excuse me, about an Alaskan dad who exposed perverse material in the school library that was recently put there, recently purchased and recently stocked in the school library under the guise of equity, diversity, and inclusion. Uh the gentleman, the father, said that his daughter had already been taught about gender inclusion in kindergarten and 
first grade. Kindergarten and first grade. Why are they talking to kindergartners that don't even know gender? I could tell you some funny stories about my children. I'm not going to. Um, They don't even know about gender and they should not have these strangers teaching them about gender. We tell our children, do not take candy from strangers. Do not go on car rides with strangers. Do not get involved with strangers at all. That's what people used to tell their, and I'm sure they still do tell their children that. And yet, kindergarten and first grade, a little girl being taught about gender identity. Name of the father, Jay McDonald. The name of the book he brought to this meeting was called Let's Talk About It. Of course, it meaning a certain thing here. And this was the quote that the father read to the school board about what diversity and equity is according to their agenda and according to this book. Quote, this comes from the book, Let's Talk About It. There's nothing wrong with enjoying porn. Children's book, by the way. There's nothing wrong with enjoying porn. It's a fun, sugary treat. How better to cater to children in perverse ways than to cause something as abhorrent, as abominable, as perverse as this, a fun, sugary treat. Like I said, I know what these people's intentions are, and I wish I didn't. On top of that, this book, Let's Talk About It, encourages and coaches children on a practice known as sexting. I'm sure you know what that is. You probably have a cell phone. I'm not going to explain it to you. But it actually gives them instructions that they should Photoshop. Get familiar with how to Photoshop uh, when they go about doing this. So pretty raunchy, nasty, terrible things out there, which is why I've titled, titled this The End of the World Extravaganza. But it wouldn't be a real end of the world extravaganza if there wasn't some good news. Because as a Christian, I believe that the end of the world is not what a lot of people perceive it to be. It's not about the devil winning. The devil does not win at the end of the world. In fact, I like to call it the end of the world as we know it. Because it's not that everything's going to cease to exist It's rather there's going to be a radical transformation of this world by God. He's going to create a new heavens and a new earth where we will worship God together. And first of all, I want to point out that Ash Wednesday is coming up on February 22nd. That is next Wednesday. Uh, That's going to be irrelevant to you if you watch this podcast after the uh, February 22nd of 2023, uh, by the way. But it is coming up. So it's a holy time of the year where lots of people like to fast and do things to commemorate the time. And uh, I also want to talk about, just really quick, uh, some things that are coming up and some things that I like. Um, I've determined, and this book right here is my favorite book. I've read it once already. I'm reading it through again. I understand it better now than what I did before. The name of the book is After the flood. It's an incredible book. It talks about the genealogical record of Noah through his son Japheth all the way through Europe and how Japheth 
and his family spread all throughout Europe throughout the centuries and millennia. And it also has some stories about strange reptiles, large reptiles that people encountered historically. And it's a very sobering look at these realities. Highly recommend After the Flood by Bill Cooper. I hope it's still in print. This is uh, from 1995. It's a great book. Like I said, the second time I'm reading it through and I'm just blown away. I'm probably going to read it. I'm probably going to read it every year to tell the truth. I absolutely love this book. And Bill Cooper did a great job. I have no idea if he's still alive or anything. I have no idea how, how old he is. But uh, incredible, incredible book. Also, <clears throat> I want to point out that I do have a book coming up that I'm going to be releasing. That is called Agenda. And this is my uh, my second book on a sermon series that I have done. It's longer than the first one, which is Celebration of Marriage. Agenda is going through the book of Genesis. And I think that you'll really enjoy it a lot. So when it comes out, I'll make it official when I release it. So that way you can purchase it. <clears throat> so Asbury University Revival. I, I when I saw this, did not know what to think about it because there's been lots of instances of false teaching, false revivals, wrong use of the term revival. And right here, it actually looks like it is the real deal. As reports out of Asbury University is that these are orderly worship services where nothing crazy or out of the ordinary is happening. Just people who are devoted to God and worshiping him openly. And the way this has happened is that it all occurred because of a bi-weekly chapel service. By the way, Asbury has a seminary. Bi-weekly chapel service that they were participating in. And uh, the choir was performing and they were closing out the service. And after they were done singing, they expected students to leave, but they didn't. They stuck around and they continued to worship in what they called a powerful, transcendent uh, experience. And right now, it was February 8th when this all started. Today, it is the 16th of February. So it's been going on this whole time. 24-hour worship from February 8th to February 16th. Now, a uh, gentleman by the name of Israel Wayne, I don't know if you're familiar with him or not, he has noted that um, in time, don't be surprised if people start to um, become part of this revival that really don't belong there. And I don't mean it that people should not be worshiping God, but people that bring the weirdness that everybody feared from the get-go into this revival. Now, do we stop calling it a genuine revival if that happens? Well, no, absolutely not. That God is doing an incredible work in the lives of students, which, by the way, praise God for that. We really need revival in this upcoming generation. And I've seen a lot of sharp minds in the upcoming twenty upcoming generation, in the early 20s, uh, people in their early 20s and so forth, that they've got sharp minds. They've seen a lot of the mistakes that the generations before them have made. Now, mind you, they got their own baggage, their own faults they got to take care of. They're not going to be able to get entirely rid of all that. But I also know that we've been talking about revival for quite some time. I've heard some prominent Christians saying that the landscape is ripe for revival. 
My hope is that what happened in Asbury, what's happening in Asbury, will spread across the country. I've heard that supposedly it's happening elsewhere uh, at this time. Our hope is that it spreads throughout the country and it becomes something, a real spiritual revival for the United States of America. For me, this is a lesson that the Holy Spirit is still at work in mysterious ways. I don't fully comprehend it. I don't think that my that this revival has to meet my theological expectations for it to be genuine. It's got to be biblical. Doesn't mean it's got to uh, meet my theological expectations. Thus far, I'm I'm blown away. I think that it's one of the coolest things ever. I think that it might be the best news of the year so far. And yes, we're only in February right now. I know, but this is incredible. This is something we should pray for these students. We should pray for the teachers. We should pray for the country. This just spreads like wildfire throughout the country and hopefully maybe even throughout the world. So I ended on a good note there. Like I said, if this is the end of the world extravaganza, and by the way, is it the end of the world? I don't know. I don't I don't think that these are signs of any sort of the end of the world. On the same token, what I do know about the end is we win. And that's the beauty of this story about Asbury University. It's just such a beautiful reminder in the midst of all this chaos. We win. That's all there is to it. Satan, you lose, man. You don't get to walk away with second prize. You don't get to walk away with third prize. You don't definitely don't get to walk away with the gold. Yours is the eternal lake of fire. And that's where you're going to be for all eternity. And those that follow after God are going to be worshiping him for all eternity praising him, honoring him, thanking him for moments like what's happening in Asbury and reflecting on our own lives too to see what you've brought us through. So this is the Bill Sang Podcast. My name is Bill Sang. Go to WilliamHSang.com. Check it out. Uh, Purchase the t-shirt from there. Bill Sang Podcast t-shirt. And uh, I would like nothing more than if you were to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast. Again, it's the Bill Sang Podcast. You can find us on on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, pretty much anywhere where you can find podcasts broadcast from. Buzzsprout, by the way, Buzzsprout, YouTube, Rumble. And I'd like to thank you for joining us for the Bill Sang Podcast. Have a great day.